We hear from a special guest. I take the privilege to introduce my guest to you all. She is a senior to me and graduate from Pandit Deen Dayal Upadhyay National Institute for Persons with Physical Disability in 2020. And currently, she is pursuing a master's in prosthetic and orthotic degree from Mobility India. She has also presented papers at national conferences on prosthetic and orthotic, that is, OPI, while co-running her own blog site, Pianopedia, which focuses on keeping the piano knowledge accessible to all. It's my privilege to invite Ms. Kajal Sharma to do an interview for Prosthetic on Podcast. Thank you, Peter, for such a great introduction and providing me the opportunity to to tell my views on the important topic that you already said. So we'll start. Yeah, sure. So before we jump to why screening or scoliosis is important in India, I would ask Ms. Kajal to lay the groundwork. Of what is actually meant by scoliosis? Scoliosis it's a common spinal deformity among the children, and it's like a lateral bending of the spine, but it's not as easy as it looks. Okay, because it's a three-dimensional deformity. Okay, so as you have said, it's a three-dimensional. Can you explore on that, or like why it is known as three-dimensional deformity? In the very simple words, I will try to explain it. Like 3D means from three different views, we can see the deformity. Like from the back, we can see the lateral bending of the spine, and from the side, we can see the hump. And if we see from the top side, we can see the rotation of the vertebra. If it is severe. So like when we see from this side the hump, what you are talking about, like for the common people who don't have the background for the medical one, uh, just to clarify them. Hump is something like a big curvature or mass of a tissue which can be seen from the uh, side, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's like very different views. Now, with the explanation what you have given me, I came to know what is scoliosis. I hope all my listeners are also clear. Adding to the scoliosis, I will ask what is the most common type of scoliosis? What you have seen into your professional career till now? Okay, as for any deformity, we can say there are types of deformities we can see. But in the scoliosis, the most common is the adolescent idiopathic scoliosis. Adolescent idiopathic scoliosis. Yes. So adolescent means like from children, right? No, the adolescent group it will generally include the age group from 10 to 16 year of age. And like for idiopathic, what is meant by idiopathic? Yeah, and the idiopathic it's like when the cause is unknown. So if we don't know the cause, then it will come in the idiopathic. So as you said. Adolescent idiopathic scoliosis is the most common type. My question will be like, uh, how we can classify the various type of scoliosis for a medical professional who is listening to a podcast? How we can navigate to all of this? Like, what is scoliosis? How we can classify? Or what measures we need to classify? For scoliosis, there are a number of type of classifications are there. But the generally, we can classify into two types. It's structural and non-structural. If it is structural, the deformity we can see in the bone. Okay. But if it is non-structural, it is because of some other cause. Maybe because of shortening of the leg. leg. Yes. It may lead to the scoliosis, but it's not the actual deformity in the bone. Okay. Means like non-structural, we can define it as like a 
pseudo or a false story yeah or we can say apparent story. yeah so it will be flexible so if the person is if we give the raise so the scholarship will go okay like with the orthodontic treatment yes or like intervention we can correctly score your hmm. if it is an apparent one yeah and one more classification is there like classifying into the congenital congenital means if the scoliosis is present from the birth okay okay and the other one is the neuromuscular neuromuscular means it is causing due to any neuromuscular condition like cerebral palsy there or it can be because of muscular dystrophy so the actually the scoliosis is not is not there but because of the neuromuscular condition the scoliosis is developing or the, the degenerative the degenerative we can see in the older age patient okay and the last one is the idiopathic where the cause is unknown and it's the most common type so when we talk about like the older generation or degenerative scoliosis like from what age group we can see we can say about 65 that time we have to like if the scoliosis is developing it may be because of the degeneration so, and for the listeners who want to have a greater understanding of what the topics what we are discussing now uh, we can have a look at the description in the episode link so all the additional material links will be presented in the episode description so if you want to really dive into what is actually what the classification is and how the scoliosis work and how the progression is there ग्रुप is more prevalent because that time the growth growth will be more and more signs and symptoms we can see and as per the sex like the females they are having more chances of having the scoliosis or developing the scoliosis yes. so when we talk about like girls have more uh, are more prone for scoliosis why it happens why does it happen on the boys i think as as you also know like girls have more rapid growth during the adolescent period so there as because of the rapid growth it will affect the scoliosis progression more than the boys so is it like uh, something which also play like the hormones will also play some role in yes yes definitely it will affect yeah that's what like a really good insight on how the scoliosis is developed coming to the topic like the main title of our episode so before we jump into the current situation of india in terms of where it stands Let's talk about the prevalence or what portion of the population is affected by scoliosis. Uh, you can like uh, say in form of uh, in India, what is the portion or globally what the data says. Like worldwide, if you say it will come around two to three percent, but in India, if you say it's around zero point four percent of the population. But if you check only the adolescent group. it is more than that it's come around 3% of all the children so we should really focus on the adolescent group so maybe in the developing countries these numbers can be more uh, bigger yeah but the screening is also there in the developing countries yeah we'll come to that point when we discuss about the screening part okay all the listeners who are listening now they can hold on tight we'll go to the main topic or like the majority of the topic in the screen will be later of this episode when we talk about the scoliosis in context to demographic so i'm curious to know like does scoliosis affect 
any certain group of ethnicity yeah we can say but some more research is need to do but like one study suggests that scoliosis is among the whites it's around 11% and in the african americans it's coming around 6.5% it may be because of the individual's natural spinal pelvic alignment or the stature of their body so you can say like yeah, ethnicity or the race it affects the prevalence of the scoliosis that's interesting so when we say about the treatment it's that or like uh, how the scoliosis is treatable so is this scoliosis completely treatable no we can't say that it is completely treatable because as scoliosis it is a progressive so we can only slow down or reduce the amount of the curve progression and treatment it depends on the magnitude of the curve like if it is 10 degree 20 degree 30 degree or it is progressing or non progressing if it is progressing means the maturity of the bones still now it is not the maturity is not there so it will progress so according to that also the treatment approach will vary so yeah if you like what you are hearing now so far uh, be sure to follow prosthetic at the social media platform links are provided in the episode description and anyhow this is like the our only way to promote ourselves so i have to put it into the audio recording i hope you all can understand then my question arises to ms kajal is like uh, if a normal person has a scoliosis or suspect that he has a scoliosis what will be the first step for that person to take okay if a person like individually he is feeling that he is yeah. having the scoliosis or his family is feeling yeah if his family is feeling or suppose he said that lateral bending or yes. side the spine will move right the curvature will develop so if the person feels that his body is shifting on that side how what will be the first step what that person should take so that they can be be sure that it is not scoliosis or it is scoliosis how they can differentiate that then i think they should first visit to a general practitioner and they will evaluate the back and the spine and then if they find something like asymmetry or the whatever the test there is there so according to that they will recommend to the orthopedic doctor or or a specified professional to yes. take care of that okay so let's suppose he went to a general practitioner and the general practitioner referred him to a pno so how the pno will take over it like what will be the screening process or what is actually meant by screening because earlier you said that there should be some kind of screening so like what is screening or what is actually happening in screening screening generally means like checking for the disease then there are either no symptoms or the mild symptoms if a person he is feeling like my trunk is bending but still now more symptoms are not there or he he is not having pain but if someone can feel yeah he may have the scoliosis so so the screening generally means it is checking for the disease when there are either no symptoms or very mild symptoms okay so it is a early detection of any disease so if we detect the disease early so the progression will be less and we can approach to more effective treatment like the bracing so you might to say screening is something like a physical examination yes definitely yeah what actually happens in a screening session suppose a person went for checking this scoliosis he was like general practitioner said him that you go and have a screening what is the actual process of going to the screening and what will happen in the screening like physical test or like what who is going to take that screening test 
what are your thoughts on that as you said if the person is going to a general practitioner it means he is already having the symptoms but the screening generally means the person is not having the symptom but we have to find it if he or she is having the scoliosis so this screening it it should be in the school time like during the adolescent age from 10 to 18 year of age annually we should do the screening that he or me may develop the scoliosis so that time what they will do they will do the physical examination in that they will check the shoulder asymmetry or the waistline asymmetry any bump is there checking the pelvic alignment spinal alignment all these things they will check if they find any mild symptoms also they can refer to the doctors it's okay, for specific examinations yes like. then they can go for the x-ray, x-ray and all so okay i understood that in a screening all this will happen like the test will happen they will check all the physical attributes but uh, who is actually the responsible person for this screening like it should be a single person or a group of individual or like professionals who should uh, take this screening and what way it should take actually it should be a collaborative approach like the surgeon spinal surgeon should be there and the physiotherapist prosthetic orthopedist and the medical officer or the nurses so they should be trained according to that Like whatever you have to observe into the child, and at this team they should work together to do the screening. So I understood that it's like a group of it, uh, professionals who will come together for the specific purpose to check the screen, yes. or to have the certain test, and define that the person is having a scoliosis or may progress a scoliosis kind of like that. So when we talk about the screening, the screening happens within India. Yeah, that one association of spinal surgeon they started one program one initiative in that they started like the 19 cities they will do the that in the school time they will do the evaluation of around 1.5 lakh of children so it's a very good initiative we can say it is for finding the prevalence in india also and finding the risk factors like if it is genetic or it is due to the any environmental condition or it is based on the geographic conditions geographical yeah so yeah we- You said in India only one association is there who is taking care of this group as for now. Now I have a doubt. Suppose that association is linked with at least say like 50 hospitals all across India, or like 50 schools. What steps we as an individual or a professional can take so that we improve or like we promote this screening in schools? Like for that association. as they have at least at they have started the screening but they can't cover all the schools so in the state level the either the governments they should take the initiative like making the teams for all the schools and do the annual checking so if all the states they will take the initiative so most of the schools they can cover so when we talk about government involvement with any medical field uh, there is always like a gap how a medical professional can go approach the government or the government can approach this or uh, like right people for that job we can uh, can come up with something which can correlate all of that or bring it both the party in the same place something like that can be done yeah we can, because as the schools are involved in it, so either we can go through the educational perspective like from the educational ministry we can go to the that medical side that's interesting uh, definitely from my side i'll try to Be involved. How much I can contribute in this uh, screen cause. Mm-hmm. 
we call it as screening cause because it's very most important so as you said screening is important how can scoliosis be treated because in screening we came to know that okay this particular child or this particular person might develop scoliosis that we know from the screening but uh, once the screening uh, like the scoliosis is already developed how we can uh, treat the scoliosis See, first we have to see like if it is mild or if it is having the pain. If it is mild, and every time we don't have to go for the treatment because if we check in the scoliosis, almost 50% of the people will have natural scoliosis. So we can't say all the cases are having the scoliosis and we have to go for the. Treatment. If it is mild, so sometimes we have to go only for the observation. Like if the curve is progressing or if the symptoms are worsening, if the person is starting having pain. So if nothing is there, then we. Should not go for any treatment. But as per the age, if the curve is increasing, so we have to go for the treatment. Okay, so when we say the curve is increasing, like what is the normal range of the spine curvature which a normal person will have, and they don't have to, uh, like, they don't have to worry about it. So there are two ways of checking the curve. Like, if one is the curve angle, another one is with the scoliometer we can use. In the corpus angle, if it is less than 10 degree, then we can say it is normal. But if it is more than that, then we have to either observe or go for the other treatments like exercise, bracing, or the surgery. But if it is in the range of 20 to 30 degree and the skeletal is mature, so means it, it will not increase, the curve will not progress, then we can go for the bracing. But if it is more than 30 degree and the curve is still progressing, then we have no other choice and we have to go for the surgery. Yes. Yeah, so my next question was about that. Like how we can differentiate when a patient should go for a surgery or for a bracing if the orthopedic intervention. So we have already answered that like if the patient is having 30 degree of curvature, more than 30 degree, yes. then we need to go for a surgery. Surgery. And if it is less than 30 degree, we can prevent it or we can control the exposure with the bracing. The exercise, we can't stop the curve progression, but yeah, we can provide the like strengthening the muscles. So we can slow down that process of uh, yes increasing in the curvature and increasing the strength of that muscles. So as every professional will know that uh, whenever we prescribe anything, we also have to consider what we are not supposed to get, or like the contraindication. So like when is a certain device or a medication? that cannot be prescribed to a patient what are like the contraindications for surgery or scoliosis when a person should not go for a surgery like in the very young age we should not directly jump into the, the surgery because after surgery also there are high chances that again it will develop so sometimes we have to wait for the curve progression and then we should go for the surgery or if the child is having other problem like TB is there or the bones are very fragile so we should not go for the surgery because as it may all most complicate the case so yeah for all the people who are listening they can know that uh, a professional you are going for consultation of regarding this process they are very well aware that when a surgery is not possible and we can stop the progression of scoliosis with the bracing so when we talk about bracing are there any specific name for that brace yeah, there are number of braces 
like but it it's specific to the region like how much region we are covering in the spine it's specific to that like if it the curve it is more into the thoracic region then we have to go for the ctlso or the milwaukee brace or the like if it, if it is in the lower cervical region or the upper thoracic then we have to we have to go for the milwaukee but if it is in the lower thoracic and or the lumbar region we can go for the boston the boston is the most commonly prescribed brace and there are other braces like charleston and the providence brace they are the night braces so so like night bracing as the name says what i can understand is like uh, they are just braces which a person will wear at the night time not on the day time yes because the normal other bracings the person have to wear for the 23 hours per day and you can also understand like how much difficult it is for the patients for wearing something hard all over the day if you ask me i can't wear my shoes like the formal shoes i can't wear for more than 4 5 hours yes so with the bracing it is very difficult i yeah. can understand with that so for that kind of patients it is very effective you can say and evidences also say that it is very effective because they are, they provide the overcorrective they are kind of overcorrective braces so overcorrective is like can you explain on that what is what is meant by overcorrective because in the normal like in the daytime bracing we are only providing some forces to maintain the curve but in the over overcorrective bracing we are giving them more forces but as the person will be sleeping they will not feel much pain so like for all the professionals who are listening this uh, in the daytime braces or the orthotic intervention in the daytime we are limiting the magnitude of the forces to the maximum correction we can achieve while the patient is comfortable but in the night time braces we are increasing the magnitude of the corrective forces so that while he is sleeping the whole body is in the rest so that uh, the correction can be more aggressive yeah. i would say and one more point is there like while sleeping our growth hormones they are also more activated okay in the sleeping time the growth will be more so if the growth will be in the right direction so it will be more effective for the patient so it's another advantage for the night brace yeah in that sense i should sleep more at night time yeah <laughs> so yeah i think this wraps up most of the questions or like what doubts i have but before we end this i have some rapid fire questions for you so try to give it like quick answers for that and uh, be as uh, potential as you will be okay the first question is how does running affect a person with scoliosis for the running like in the normal walking the uh, spine is having getting the load but while running it will be more so it will ultimately it will lead to more progression of the curve so okay. we should restrict some running we should restrict yeah. the running okay Uh, the second one is how does scoliosis affect the physical activity of the person as we already discussed that the person should not go for more of the running and these exercises it will worsen or increase the risk of secondary injuries or like progression of the curve does everyone have a natural scoliosis i think you have already answered this one so i just cancel out with this question the second uh, the last question does scoliosis worsen over the age yeah as in the adolescent group most of the time we can see and if the age is like from 12 to the person is going to 16 or 17 the curve will progress more so obviously the severity of the scoliosis it is also getting one very random and the last question and promise like uh, i read it somewhere that scoliosis can correct itself 
Is it possible? Because what I know, I don't think it's possible for Tanya or Tanya this. No, no, no. If we can't say that it, it will be correct by itself. Then there is no scoliosis. Okay. Okay. It's the like the someone is feeling that I am my spine is bending, but actually the scoliosis is not there. So I think just because uh, is habituated to walk in that same direction or like bending the trunk. Yeah. Sometimes it's because of the posture. Okay. So if they, you correct the posture, uh, you will not feel that bending. But it's not meant like scoliosis was there. So yeah, like uh, I always feel like when wrapping the episode or when we are towards the end, I have a lot more to say. But all good things must come to an end. And with that, I would like to thank Miss Kajal for taking out the time uh, from her busy schedule and agreeing to do the interview. So thank you very much, Miss Kajal. Uh, I will link all the social media links and the Pianopedia website in the episode description, so you can check out the work and you can reach out to her if you have any kind of uh, questions or queries regarding scoliosis. You can obviously reach out to her. So thank you, Miss Kajal. Thank you, Peter. And I really like the this topic discussion and talking with you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you.